This is a two-bite cupcake. This is bullshit. This isn't even one bite. I'm not going to do it. What the hell is wrong with these people? Oh. Even when you get like one of these artisanal ones, it's not even a two-bite. That's what you had to go get. That's what you had to go get. Are you happy with your decision? <laughs> Watch him choke as he can. You know, folks, he's sitting there and he's going, this was a poor decision because I, I, I need a little beverage in there to wash it down. Are you going to be okay over there? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Like I said, it's just... No, I'm fine. Did you eat supper tonight knowing that was coming? I'm going to hammer down two cupcakes or you were. That doesn't even count as two cupcakes, Sean. That's the whole point. Okay. Those fair enough. Two bite cupcakes are absolute bullshit. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll digress. All right. Here. Mashup 72. Mashup 72 brought to you by RU Quarter Circle Farms from Irma, Alberta. You know, I've had a lot of time to think on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of time to think, and I was I was going in elbows up. I was having a You're lot of fun. Filibustering. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. Do I get to? Did, did I interrupt you when you were doing this? No, I didn't. That's because I muted you. Well, I can do that too. Anyways, I'm not even going to do that because uh, I thought about it all week, and I had like this plan all like devised, and I I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. And then uh, you know, like I was I was chuckling to myself Friday. Okay. Now for the folks that don't know, me and Twos went to uh, Gord Bamford. And that happened because Slim gave us a table. And not just at any table. I was chuckling. I'm like, we are not VIP worthy. And, and instead, we get VIP worthy. And we're like, oh, yeah. okay, a bottle of wine on the table. And like, me and two share this. Like, what do we do with this, you know? And I didn't want to I didn't want to crack it. And so well, I don't think any I don't of us even, did. I don't think any honest. of us did, to be honest. I, and, I just I kind of felt like an imposter. And so I was chuckling. You know, so I, I got all this, like, material. How am I going to do it? And, I'm like, you know, I'm going to attack him about being a Flames fan. I don't know. I got all these different ideas. Oh, that's you were going to attack flute. me during the ad read? Yeah, that's what I was thinking the... about. Anyways, okay. you know, the bet was a couple of T-bone steaks, a couple of packages of hamburger from the RU Quarter Circle Farms, Irma, Alberta, right? And uh, the funny thing is, is we've created this, like, little community, too. So I don't know if you realize we've done this or not, but... Friday night, I like was sitting there watching you interact with Sean and Trisha Rue and their kids, and I'm like, "This is, this is like kind of cool, like kind of like I don't want to get too corny and lovey dovey and and like say it was special, but I'm like, somehow we're you know, Twos takes a day off work, folks, actually a couple days off work, drives five hours to go to Marway, Alberta, to watch Gord Bamford, which he was good, yeah, to sit with." as it turns out the week sponsor where we're having this big giant argument and the entire night is teased around i'm buying them off with five tickets to gord bamford i don't know if it worked or not i guess we're gonna find out regardless i was like i don't i don't even care if twos wins it whatever i had way too much fun friday night they drove us home yeah right? they were our dd being responsible and i'm like like what am i gonna say at this point i'm like if you want good people in your life 
they seem to uh, they seem to come around, and that's what RU Quarter Circle Farms is. 115 year old farm, you know, Sean, Trisha, Ryu, their family. They brought their kids out, two of their kids out. Brought uh, Trisha's dad out. Like mm-hmm. he regaled me with some stories. I might have a guest coming from them uh, talking hundred eight colonies. I'm like, what a night! Like what a night! And for the listener, you're like, well, maybe I could get some uh, some beef. And I want to uh, treat it local or keep it local. It's like, well, RUQuarterCircleFarms.com. Free delivery, Irma, Wainwright, Viking, Manville. Do we need anything else? I don't think so. It was a cool night. Outside of it, though. Yeah. RUQuarterCircleFarms.com. Trisha, Sean, Rue, family. I was, hey, that's all I got for you today. I know I was supposed to come in guns a blazing, but I was like, Friday was a fun night. Me and twos don't get to do that very often. And the fact no. it happened with the, the family farm that is sponsoring us, and then they drove us home, I'm like, you know what? Give twos the meat. I don't care. Give somebody else the meat at this point. It's such a cool... <laughs> See, and I, was, I, I said to them, I was like, give it to Sean. <laughs> I'm just like, this, this, is, this is the coolest... I said that to him. This is, I mean, this, I said, it, I said yeah. Sean needs the win. And he takes this stuff a lot more seriously than well, I was. I was bribing them with five tickets, folks. I've just admitted guilt to that. Um, yeah. Either way, it turned out to be a, a, a fun night. Uh, Gord, great uh, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was talking with Slim afterwards, and he was saying, "Hey, you know what? Thanks for for plugging us on the show. You know, I think it really helped uh, bring out the crowd." And I was like, "Dude, none of this has anything to do with us. <laughs> this is because everybody knows that you guys throw." awesome events the lee park rodeo stands on its own right you've got that reputation all of this is here because of how awesome of a show you guys have built this reputation for doing i 100 percent agree right? so there you go mashup 72 brought to you by ru quarter circle farms that's our alberta for you and uh yep. once again fun night okay on to the, on, on to different things october 24th 25th 26th the Tuesday mashup is going to do a live tour. We're going to do it for three days in three different venues. Our plan is to start or end. We're not sure. Lumsden, we've been talking with a few people from there. So we believe it's going to Lumsden, but we're looking for two other destinations. Me and Twos were arguing about it on the Patreon side of things. Do we go to Lloyd? You know, like my home stomping grounds. Do we, do we, do we hit two random places in the middle? We would love to have your help, which means if you're listening to this, and uh, you can either, you know, you can comment in the show notes or you can uh, hit me up via text. You can do whatever you want. You can hit up twos and social media. It doesn't matter. We're mm-hmm. looking for a couple spots to see if our shenanigans will play out in a live crowd setting. And we don't care if 10 people show up or 500 show up. Honestly, we and don't care. We don't care if it goes well or not. <laughs> we're going to get up there. We're going to have fun. You guys are going to have fun. And maybe we're going to look like jackasses or maybe it's going to be awesome. But either way, it's it's going to be entertaining either because of us or in spite of us, right? That's right. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what this is going to turn out to. But me and Two's been talking about it now for a little bit of hey, maybe we should do a live show. What do you think that would look like? I'm not sure. It might be terrible, but we're going to try it anyways. And why not try it three different times uh, in a row so we can kind of figure out if it has anything there. And we'd love to come where you want us to be. So if you got ideas. Hit us up. We're open to suggestions. We're open to a unique spot. If anyone out there is like, man, I'd love to just sponsor that. We're looking for somebody to be the major sponsor. Why not? And if you want to be that person, great. And yep. uh, we'll have some fun. Anything else, Tuz? I think you just hit all the points. 
Really? Okay. Well, then, without further ado, oh, I, I would say that we're not um, we're not dead set on even what kind of a venue we want. If it ends up being a bar or a town hall or somewhere in between or whatever else, there's not really any wrong answers. And in fact, I think it would probably be good if uh, if we. <laughs> I think it would be good if we had, you know, a few different things. You know, we ended up just trying out a few different types of venues, even within the different communities. That's that's it. I'd just like to point out that, you know, tough decision coming in from Sean Rue. Hey, I'm just saying. Twos is clicking it off as fast as I can get it there. Anyways, here we go. Okay, let's get on to the show, shall we? As if flying wasn't shitty enough already. Um yeah, okay. A Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona was forced to turn around and make an emergency landing after a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the plane. The Airbus A350 aircraft was two hours into a transatlantic flight when the, from Georgia to Spain on Friday when the pilot asked to come back because of a fecal fiasco. And here, here is, if you can read that off, it says, uh, divert to Atlanta, passenger diarrhea all over. Yeah, this is, um, I don't know, man. Oh, man. Can you imagine being on that plane and that happening? Could you, like, there's been some times where I've really had to go. I, I was flying back from Cancun, and there was just turbulence, like, the whole damn way. And with maybe, like, an hour to go before we land. And this is a week in Mexico, so my guts are all over the place, right? Sure. And I'm I'm on a window seat and I'm just squirming. And then like I'm I'm wondering if I just get up and be like, look, do you guys want to deal with the alternative? I gotta go to the bathroom, right? And then finally the light goes off, and I was like, Okay, guys, like I I've warned them ahead of time. Like the second this light goes off, I'm getting up and I need you guys to work with me because I need to move quickly. Now it was this little old lady and she was not moving quickly. She was there with presumably her son, who was probably in her forty, in his forties or fifties, kind of thing. So this this wasn't like a uh, a fast acting group. And um, yeah, like I didn't shove an old lady out of the way, but I very nearly did. And uh, I think that uh, my pants were down, and I was already going before the door had shut. <laughs> let alone my butt was on the seat. <laughs> It was the closest photo finish I've ever had. So I've got a bit of sympathy for what happened here. Cause you never know. Like maybe they were just, maybe they were stuck, you know, beside one of those people that has to get the seatbelt extension and then they just couldn't get out. And then you can you know, just th imagine the so level of panic. Out of the way. Out of the way. Emergency. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, oh my God. Like, here's the thing is like, if, if you shat yourself all over the cabin, like presumably you went to the front and then those those bathrooms were full and you're waiting and then you're like you can't you'll wait never anymore fly and then you'll never fly again you'll be terrorized you'll never fly again well or or you're just gonna like just gulp emodium um beforehand or something like that and they'll be like you'll try and take a big costco-sized jug in with you and they'll be like sir you can't carry a liquid that large and be like look trust me you want me to bring this on the flight <laughs> Do you, 
Do you want me to bring up the Air Canada with the puking? Yes. The okay. fact that these two events happened, happened within in... a couple days of each other. Okay, here's yes. the second one. Here's the second one. And, of course, this is Canada doing Canada, okay? Air Canada says it's apologizing for customers after passenger seats were reportedly soiled with vomit on a flight from Las Vegas to Montreal. A woman who says uh, Actually, she they was came a... out on the same day, these two articles. A woman who says she was a passenger on the August 26th flight wrote in a social media post the plane's crew placed coffee grinds in the seat pouch and sprayed perfume to mask the smell of vomit prior to boarding. The flight from Las Vegas to Montreal clocks in at almost four and a half hours. Quoted, when the clearly upset passenger tried to explain to the flight attendant that the seat and seatbelt were wet and there was still visible vomit residue in the area, the flight attendant was very apologetic but explained that the flight was full and there was nothing they could do, wrote Benson on Tuesday, August 29th. She says the passengers asked for a supervisor who came shortly after. The supervisor came and just reiterated the same thing. We're sorry. We've cleaned the best we can. There's nowhere else to put you. You're just going to have to sit in it, she told CTV. And she's like, we cannot sit and vomit for five hours. Air Canada... Well, it, then it went on to say, oh, what? Oh, damn it. She the said, pilot like, came back. Come on, where did I put it? The pilot came back after after all this, so they'd laid a bunch of Eventually, blankets Eventually, ben Benson says, the passengers asked for blankets to cover their seats for the flight, which they received along with wipes and more sick bags. When they got settled in, according to Benson, the pilot approached them and asked them to leave. He said, very calmly, and just bent down at eye level and said, you guys can leave the plane right now on your own or I will call security, and they will escort you off this plane, alleged Benson, adding the pilot said they could be added to a no-fly list if security had to get involved. Next thing we know, security comes down the aisle and escorts the two ladies off the plane. See, this is good. When somebody is trying to be a, a dick, like, you can come away quietly, or things can get messy, and they're very obviously in the wrong. You just be like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Let's see how fucking messy it gets, because I'm already covered in vomit. <laughs> so, yeah, bring security. Actually, you know what? If you could just announce on the plane that we're being kicked off, that we're being added to a no-fly list, and exactly why we're being added to a no-fly list, I'd really appreciate that. Right? That's because it's the same thing like James Lindsay was saying with the communists, where they just hate being shown what they... when uh, They hate when people are shown what they actually are and it's the same thing with these pin dick power hungry dick faces oh man shit and puke on a plane oh i'm tired of this shit on this motherfucking plane <laughs> dairy cartel attacks kiwi milk the, the milk mafia is up to it again folks new zealand has won its trade dispute with canada over access for dairy products under the comprehensive and progressive agreement for trans-pacific partnership and if you care to hear the acronym cptpp free trade agreement Anyways, under the agreement, New Zealand gained better access for dairy products in the Canadian market, but complained that Canada was manipulating quotas to block exporters. An independent panel has ruled the dairy quotas were improperly used to keep out dairy exports and protect its powerful domestic industry. I might also point out there was a CTV article, or CBC, can't remember now. CTV. Because I was like, what or, the no, heck? No, Globe and Mail. I'm like, what the heck does this even mean? Because it literally said the complete opposite of what I just read to you, that Canada See, had won they, the debate. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. The the main issue that New Zealand was taking them to task over was this quota manipulation. But the three-person panel turned down by a two-to-one majority two lesser aspects of the New Zealand complaint. Okay, so, so they 
they had the big complaint, and then they had two little complaints. And so New Zealand won the big one, but they lost the two little ones. And so Canadian media says that Canada says they won. And nobody ever fucking questions it because they've been bought and paid for. Well, I tell you what, you had me confused. I was saying to Tuesday before we started, I'm like, I'm so confused because one article clearly states New Zealand has won. And one and article clearly states, clearly states that Canada's won. won. And I'm like, but something the New doesn't Zealand add up. New Zealand one has a lot more detail in it. It's true. And true. that's that's where you actually go through and you read and you're like, okay. Well, yeah, I could see how if you were trying to spin things a certain way, you oh, could they'd probably never just do that. ignore the big part. You never like, do that. Hey, we, we won these little ones. They don't spin like, anything. No, no. No. So so that's exactly it, right? If you see two conflicting articles, generally speaking, the one that has more detail is probably correct. And if it's written in Canada, chances are it's bullshit. Believe- yeah. Yeah. Chances are it's the kind of stuff that went all the way up and down that fucking plane. Cancel culture takes a shot at its greatest foe. And you, you this know is what? funny because I, I didn't know that you were going to do the, the last. Well, I didn't know I was going to. I didn't know I was going to do a second episode on a Monday. What a ridiculous thing to do. Now you're Anyways, doing three episodes. Now I'm doing three episodes. It says take back Alberta, a socially conservative anti-mandate movement born during the pandemic that takes credit for deposing Jason Kenney as premier last year and installing Smith is out make uh, is out to make waves again this time at the United Conservative Party annual general meeting in November. It would be an understatement to take. Uh, to say take back Alberta's founder, David Parker, courts controversy and attention. This week alone, he posted a tweet calling Toronto a festering cancerous wound on the otherwise beautiful nation of Canada and further declared that Alberta will separate from Canada if Ottawa enforces its climate policies. If you don't believe that is possible, just watch us. Closer to home, he has attacked the UCP's current president, Cynthia Moore, as a power-hungry tyrant who must be removed. Moore announced this week she would not run for re-election. So... And then it went on to say one yeah. last little thing here. Parker is a social conservative yeah. who thinks women should choose childbearing over work. The state should not teach sex education in school. And modern society is anti-human. Top of mind for him most recently is the fight over gender pronouns in which the provinces of Saskatchewan and New Brunswick have mandated that parents are informed if children want to use alternative pronouns in school. Now, I just... David Parker's pretty good. One thing I take issue with, though, is him taking credit for Jason Kenney's fall from grace. Let's be really clear. Jason Kenney is the reason why Jason Kenney isn't premier right now. But But everything else is fine. I I, I would agree 100% with that. I would also say, though, Take Back Alberta did a very good job at um, getting the grassroots movement going and giving them some, like, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know how many rooms I walked into where I'd have someone approach me saying, have you been to one of his uh, meetings yet? And I'd be like, no, actually, I, I haven't. Actually, I just gave him shit about why is Lloyd Minster never, you know, dawned yeah, on him to come. he said he doesn't have any kind of captain. In yeah, 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 there's nobody here worthy of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to jump on that one. I'm, I'm kidding. Anyways, uh, interesting, though. Because this brings us up to what's what's happened now, right? With one of the events he's trying to pull off, him and uh, um, Drew Weatherhead, mm-hmm. two speaker speaking events featuring Dr. James Lindsay. And if you were watching the podcast, he was on today. Author of Cynical Theories: How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity, and Why This Harms Everybody, have been deplatformed from ticketing site Eventbrite. 
The Protect Our Kids Speaking events, I'll say that again, the Protect Our Kids Speaking events are planned for October 2nd in Edmonton, October 3rd in Calgary, and quoted, we have determined that your event is not permitted on the Eventbrite platform as it violates our community guidelines in terms of service. Eventbrite Trust and Safety wrote in a letter, as a result, your event has been unpublished. Yeah, so the funny thing about all this is, is that it's the kind of situation where the far left's crazy people have decided that this guy says bad things. And anybody who's looking at it at arm's length is too scared to actually look into it and say, okay, well, you know what? What's he saying that's so crazy? What's he saying that's so far out there? You didn't get into the papers he published. Which is kind of a little I know, bit too bad. I would like to have him back on in fairness so that I could ask him about it. I just let it go where it went and went where it went. Yeah. And if I get him again, I wanna I wanna talk about the, the papers. Anyways, this guy on. literally uh wrote multiple papers. I think he he had ten that were I think it was twelve, wasn't it? And seven okay. got uh accredited or whatever. Four had been four had been um peer reviewed. Thank so you. So they had been published and peer reviewed. And they they were like the the craziest things he could come up with. So he did one that was just he took a translated version of Mein Kampf and replaced uh, Jews with men or something like that. And then he did another one that talked about rape culture with dogs in dog parks and how one dog had shit on another dog's face and how you needed to take the same approach to training dogs uh, and apply it towards getting men away from rape culture. And that actually won him an award before everybody realized that, that he it was, was just making, making it up making to it point up. out how stupid they are. So this is how fun and interesting this guy is. He's incredibly smart. He's, He's he, he probably has to dumb things down when he talks to Jordan Peterson. This is where this guy's at. And he's coming to Calgary and Edmonton. In a few weeks. October 2nd, 3rd, you can get tickets at takebackalberta.ca. I think it's .ca. Anyways, I, uh, I, it's funny because I literally interviewed him last week, all right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about, oh, it sounds like one of your events got canceled, but they're finding a new spot. Oh, yeah, nothing, you know, like I didn't know. And then and <clears throat> over the course of the weekend, both event sites, done. Then Eventbrite, done. And you're like, well, now, I, as I said today, I'm like, well, now I just got to go. Like I'm, I'm going to both shows now. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go see what this guy has to say because I, I got to sit with him for a couple hours, which is great. But now I'm like, what is so extreme that this guy's talking about? Well, here's the they're thing. gonna shut yeah. him out of Alberta. I don't think so. He's like, not saying me, anything extreme. And if you're thinking about going, here's, here's how I would think about it: is I would say, if the people you hate don't want you to hear a really smart person talk about the things that they're doing that's the kind of thing that should pique your interest. Well, we'll add a little, uh, Tuz doesn't know this yet, but um, I got, uh, uh, there's a couple of us going to uh, going to meet up before the Calgary show for maybe supper or a couple of festive drinks, shall you say. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in coming and supporting the event, um, text me uh, text me your number and or text me your name and number and we'll make sure that uh, we get you wherever we're going and twos is coming he just doesn't realize it yet and uh, Tanya McWilliams is gonna uh, well actually it's Tanya McWilliams 
Clemens. Anyways, sorry, Tanya. I'm trying to rattle off your name and get it right. But we're going to try and get together with a group of us in Calgary. And I would throw out, I'm going to be in Edmonton too. So if somebody wants to meet up, all the power to you. But I just figure, like, why not support this? At this point, I'm like, they're trying to shut this motherfucker down. It's like, let's keep her going here uh, and and support the boys. And uh, if we can have a little fun as the Tuesday mashup, uh, t- I'm going to be up in Calgary. Twos is coming. We could probably get together for a couple of festive uh, celebratory, you know, beverages beforehand and then go to a show. That's my yeah, thoughts. And then, and then live stream the Manitoba election a little bit drunk. Well, I mean, isn't that the only way to understand it anyways? Maybe a couple of beverages in? Just saying. Interesting. India, Justin, and the Travel of Doom. One of two's best headlines, I think, to date. Uh, It's been a trying summer for the Liberals. 20-point lead in Atlanta, Canada evaporated. Team Trudeau is pulling at its lowest, uh, lowest level ever. The latest abacus data survey shows conservative leader Pierre Polyev's personal approval numbers and now outweigh his negatives. He's obtained, he did obtain a majority government if an election were held today. And then here's a couple other things in this, in this article. They are frustrated at the way the prime minister treats his caucus. This is talking about uh, MPs. They recount how he frequently monopolizes caucus meetings with talking points, leaving little time for members' input. Not that they feel he values what they think. This is a prime minister who never likes to even allow you to finish your sentence in a national caucus, expressed one MP. If you're going to say something he's not going to like, he always cuts you off. Why should I listen to you, folks, said another MP, mimicking Trudeau. You're all know-nothings and coattail candidates. Yeah, I had that exact bit highlighted. Isn't that, like, isn't that just, like, we're... Yeah. Some people are really disillusioned, offered another MP really, really disillusioned. Some MPs said that over their entire careers, the PMO had never spent as much time listening to them as I had in my 30-minute calls with them. Yeah, like the the Liberal Party is imploding right now. Yes, and you hate to see bad things happen to good people. I tell you what, though, it's it's funny. Like, they're, they're... imploding and they've become absolute classless jerks in it you had gilball and rodriguez crashing the conservative um, convention which i think is unheard of in canadian politics i don't know of any precedent where that has happened before like these they have been absolute comic book 80s movie villains for the past eight years suppressing the rebels and you know just you know trampling on people's rights and they're and they're elderly and you've got them uh just doing everything they can to make things worse at their own personal uh benefit for their own personal benefit and then at the end of the movie when when it's all said and done and the bad guy's lost and he's on his knees begging for his life and he can't even die with dignity. That's where the liberals are at right now. And then you got, I just pulled up the tweet with uh, uh, Modi from India, you know, met PM Justin Trudeau on the sidelines of the G20 summit. <laughs> so they were talking about how all, all the leaders are getting their pictures in like, you know, the G20 summit and everything, blah, 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 blah. And he pulled them off to a side room because well, there's a whole bunch. There was a, there was a long video. We should have almost showed the entire video twos. It of... was it was amazing. It was Indian um, news media 
eviscerating him, eviscerating almost, Trudeau, like, eviscerating him for almost ten straight minutes. Now, to be totally fair, I think there was there was a little bit of agenda pushing in it. Um, they weren't totally honest in a couple parts, but they weren't very far from the truth. They weren't very far but from the, the truth. Best part of it, though, here's the thing: is you got people in India talking about it, and one of them said. This gets my goat, which I'm pretty sure is a big fucking deal in India. Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like Canadians saying, listen here, pal. <laughs> Man, I hate being called pal or bud. Uh, and I shouldn't have said that because now I'm sure the text line for the rest of the time will be, hey, pal, how's it going? Really? Really? You got a thing against bud? I bud do. Light? I did, yeah, well, fair. Yeah, you know, hey, what's going on, bud? It's like, you know, Dane Cook used to have a joke about that once upon a time. Oh, yeah, and then back calls, and forth. Like, calls him when, chief. When somebody's a chief, but he's not a chief. But he's not a chief. And it's like, well, maybe he means chef or whatever. I remember that. All right. You're, you're totally going to guess how much work our federal consumer watchdog has done in five years. And we're going to pull up the tweet here. Says five years, 182 staff, 37 million dollar budget, and not one, not one of the 27,300 uh, complaints were looked into. The agency was set up by the Trudeau government to protect the rights of banking customers, clearly doing as intended. That was Alex Pearson. The next, uh, which he's quoting, is Blacklock's reporter. We got a lot of time for Blacklock's here. Mm -hmm. And it said, documents, federal consumer watchdog. Uh, never followed up on any of the 27,323 complaints in five years, not one. Agency's 285,000 per year commissioner, Judith Robertson, refused to comment. Have a nice day. I don't even know where to go with this. This is exactly what you would expect from the exact government that you would expect. $37 million a year for five years. They've accomplished exactly nothing. This is probably the same group of people that is doing the tree planting. You remember we were talking about it a year ago, how they'd spent like $4 million and hadn't planted a single tree yet. This is the exact same. Hey, we've got a consumer watchdog. Okay, cool. But how much work have they done? I just want well, to really be the, 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 the Tuesday mashup watchdog. Can we get some of that money? Like, I mean, honestly, I feel like the taxpayer who's listening right now, would gladly fork over a bit of their tax money to us yahoos to to do as much work as they've been doing. I mean, honestly, like even if we got to a point where we were looking at one in every 27,000 complaints, we'd be better than them. We would be doing literally, mathematically, infinitely better than this group. Oh, they don't as it is right now. Shit on who? Shit hawks. Big dirty shit hawks. Yeah, my goodness. It's just, you know, every day, every week, we come back to a new mashup, and there's just this new level of insanity, and we just keep hitting it. Here we go. Manitoba election is getting tight. And uh, you, if you're watching, you can see the maps of Manitoba, Winnipeg, Brandon, and uh, Morden Winkler gets its own little uh, cute little spot on I don't know where Morden Winkler is. Yeah, anyways, Manitoba election model update. Progressive conservatives at 44.3%. shows that they're at 29 seats, down 7. New Democrats, 42.3%. 27 seats, up plus 9. And the Liberals at 10.5%. Uh, one seat, down 2. 
So there you go. That's the updated uh, look at Manitoba. Obviously, October 3rd is election night there. And Tuz and I, you know, had had have been talking a lot about what we're going to do with this, either just bringing it up and, and keeping it kind of in some people's minds that Manitoba's on a, you know, election within less, well, less than a month away, Tuz. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it just so happens that it's the same night that James, Lin- James Lindsay's in Calgary. So wouldn't it be cool if we could line all of it up the same night? I don't know if it's going to be possible or not. But it would be nice if it was, because also they're an hour ahead of us. So, you know, while we were waiting for the votes to start coming in, me and like me, me and me and twos are me and twos are in the audience listening to James Lindsay doing Connor commentating on the Manitoba election, and then after in the back room while we're having a beer in the green room with James Lindsay, we just have him hop on and start talking about Manitoba election. You know, it's not the worst idea. No, here's the thing though is. You look at that map and now compare it to this map. This was Saskatchewan's last election. Does it look familiar at all? Does it look comparable at all to Alberta's election? Right? That is interesting, isn't it? Like this is... This is Alberta. Yeah. You've got just, just the outliers and then the urban. Okay, Saskatchewan, Outliers, Urban. And then go back to your Manitoba, the Outliers, and the Urban. There's some weird demographics. I don't know if maybe we should spend some time talking about the urban-rural divide at some point, Sean. But, man, would I ever love to get a solution for it. Well... That was January this year. Vance, Vance Crow, Quick Dick McDick, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen Barber. Oh yeah, thank you, Stephen Barber. Don't know why that can spit out. Anyways, yeah, they, I mean everybody's staring at that. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, different problems for different, uh, you know, cities got different problems than than the rural does. That's for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a whole larger discussion to be had there and we've you know you just got to go back on the podcast i I released all the audio from that night and that was an interesting discussion and the only thing i haven't done in return is had a bunch of urban folks on to give their views on it and maybe that's something that needs to happen it's hard to find one that isn't just a a douche about it though right like if somebody, because here's like there's there's lots of great people who live in cities. I, I've never met any of them, but I'm sure there are. Uh, but you know, it's someone who could have a decent talk conversation about it without coming across incredibly aloof would probably be a little bit difficult, right? Because I feel like if you had say Nenshi on here to talk about how good cities are, but maybe maybe you'd probably Nenshi just sound needs- like an asshole. Maybe Ninchy needs to be on a couple different shows and 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 people just hear how that you know like I, I don't know to me I've been listening a little bit more to uh just some of the stuff that Jesperson's been putting out with um Charles Adler and um Really? Yeah. Are no, you I, that fucking bored? No, I like punishing myself though. I like I it's, it's tough. I force myself to listen to it though. I don't even know what you gain from that, to be honest. I, I just 
Oh, well, look no, at I'm it. Not, Gen- I'm not, Before I read this comment, think about it. Jesperson is in Edmonton. We all stare at Edmonton. We go, what the hell is going on in there? Then you turn on Jesperson, and you're like, hmm, well, I mean, there's some things in there where you're like, he's speaking really? to his people. He's, well, speaking, he's speaking to his people. That's what I mean. But, but none of none of what he says stands up to any scrutiny or critical. All I'm saying is, by listening to it, he's speaking to his people. I can't understand what they're thinking. But if he's talking the way he's talking, I get a feel for what he's trying to convey to the people so that they go, you're doing a great job. Oh, man, they're just loving it. He's loving you. And he's having Charles Adler on all the flipping time twos. This isn't like a one-off. He's having him on like it must be every like week. Like a mashup. I'm like, interesting. Yeah, kind of. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. And Charles Adler, you know, I I listened to him as a kid. So I was I throwing it out to Charles. So said, come on the podcast. I'd love to sit and hear your story and see why you think. And maybe there's some things in there that would help. No response. I don't know if he's seen no. it. But I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. That's at least a few weeks ago now. I'm <clears throat> at Neither this point, of them seems really interested in having honest conversations about things. And so that's that's kind of where they lose me. Uh, well, I, I, a guy's got to still keep trying on my side. I'm still yeah, trying. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Debbie. That's, that's one thing I really like about you is that you'll have people on just to hear their side of things. Yeah. Okay. Go here's ahead. here's what Debbie Nordell said. Cities are all left. Rule is right. Cities have most of the government employees, plus Trudeau has been throwing money at the cities and universities. All then, fair points. Jamie Ingram says in Lethbridge and the area and area, the divide is real. So, you know, actually Lethbridge might be an interesting case study, to be honest. Like it, it, it is a divide. Anyways. Yeah. That, that, that's not a bad thought. Well, it's a small city. And so you're kind of, go, go to, you're walking that line, go to the one side of Lethbridge and, and do the Tuesday mashup live and just get a sold out place and then go to the next side and just get, and just and get, yeah. Rotten tomatoes thrown at you. Uh, a ship in Harbor is safe unless it's Canada. Buckle up, folks. This is going to take me a little bit. The federal government paid $520,000 to a Nova Scotia shipyard owner to store a dead Coast Guard ship. The same shipyard owner being sued by the government for negligence because it was repairing the vessel when it was ruined by vandals five years earlier. Actually, I don't know if I need to say much more than that. In November 2018, workers at the Canadian Maritime Engineering Sambro, Nova Scotia shipyard, arrived to find, uh, at work to find a shocking scene. The Corporal McLaren, a five-year-old hero-class Canadian Coast Guard ship, was being uh, refit by the company, sat partially capsized and submerged in the frigid waters of Sambro Harbor, the main and secondary support cables that meant to hold it upright, hanging loosely off the side vessel. Halifax police quickly determined the damage was likely caused by vandals who walked onto the site, when had no, which had no fencing, according to reports by Global News, and cut the support cables. Nearly one year after the vandal, uh, vandalism, Public Service Procurement Canada cancelled the repair contract with CME and eventually ferried the CCGS Corporal McLaren to the nearby by Bedford Institute of Oceanography in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. But by 2022, the bio needed the dead ship out of its yard due to space requirements and pending upgrades. According to the procurement documents from PSPC, the Coastal Guard not uh, the Coast Guard had not decided if it were repair or salvage what remained of the ship. So PSPC put out put out on public tender for a dry docking and storage of the Corporal McLaren for at least one year. 
On July 26th, the department awarded the $503,000 contract to Pictou Shipyard owned by CME. You keeping up yet, folks? The company, the same company that owns the Samro site where the vessel was damaged in the first place, the value of the contract was later increased to $520,000. According to two procurement experts, the fact the government is once again entrusting the ship that uh, to the owner of the shipyard where it was suffered 14 million damages ranges from ironic and silly. I can safely tell you, you do not need to be a shipping expert, a procurement expert, to know that is absolutely ridiculous and okay. quite comical. On the bright side, though, it's not like it could get more wrecked, really, at this point. What really surprised me, though, is that, so you've got a half a million dollar contract for one year of storage, okay? The median income for an individual in Nova Scotia in 2020 was $36,400, okay? So if you spent, if and this was for 520 grand, if you spent $480,000 getting that ship, like let's just say you, you happen to be on the ocean and you spent $480,000 hauling that up onto your beach, you would, st and then you just, you just watched it. You just sat there on the front porch in your rocking chair with a shotgun beside you and old blue scratching his head. You could do that and you'd still be making more money in Nova Scotia than most people. All you have to do is just sit there, just watch it. And that's it. Okay. It's there's, there's no creativity. Like, why would you not just be like, look, if you're going to give me a half million dollars, I'll fucking figure it out. Once again, I feel like me and two should be really like investing some uh, time well, and effort I mean, into some of these thing, government though, contracts. Is that they didn't even consider anybody in Alberta and Saskatchewan for this, which I think is just blatant racism. Can you imagine driving onto the Newman farm and there being a giant ship there and be like, what the hell is this? Oh, we're just, just safekeeping. Just storing it. How the hell did you get it here? Well, we own a trucking company. We just mm. moved it across. We, we yep. got the right permits. Cost us 100 grand. What are you doing with it? Just keeping us safe, four hundred grand later, it. you know. Yeah, not yeah, a big we're going to spend another hundred grand shipping it back again, and in the meantime, we're making a thousand dollars a day, every day, <laughs> Easter and Christmas included, to just look at nothing happening to it. Oh my God! Anyway, oh man, just love our country, love it so much. Great Wall gets a great shortcut. China's Great Wall has been pierced by Genghis Khan, the Manchus, and now allegedly a couple of construction workers named Zhang and Wang who wanted a shortcut. Authorities in China arrested two people for smashing a path through a section of the ancient wall, a cultural icon, and a United Nations protected heritage site. The area of the breach was broken down, section uh, far from restored segments most Chinese and foreign tourists are familiar with. State media showed a dirt road cut through the wall against a rural landscape in Yuyu County, hundreds of kilometers west of Beijing, and identified the suspects as 38-year-old surnamed Zhang and 55-year-old woman surnamed Wang. The pair wanted a shorter route for some construction work they were doing in nearby towns, the reports said. Hey, I mean, where better to just, you know, you could have just dumped a bunch of dirt over and built a ramp and then cleared it off when you were done. There's so many different ways you could have done this other than destroying a thousand year old uh, achievement in human history, right? I mean, the Mongolians couldn't figure this out. 
but you just hit it with a wrecking ball. Like this is, it's, it's a damn shame. Like there was uh shoot. I want to say in Afghanistan, but it wasn't a few years ago. There was a UNESCO heritage site. that got bombed a fucking oblivion during some civil war. And then, um, you know, you look, you may remember or may not remember, uh, another UNESCO world heritage site, the Nazca lines in Peru. This is what Greenpeace did. This is why Greenpeace is never allowed in Peru ever, ever again is because they spray painted all of the, these are all little rocks. You can't really tell from this being overhead, but there's just a billion rocks there and they spray painted a bunch of the rocks and now they're not allowed there because they fucked it all up. A dick, dick move. move, dick move. Yeah. I, I get the fact that China is asshole, um, and it kind of makes me wonder maybe if this this giant hole in the Great Wall, maybe that's how the coronavirus got out. <laughs> we haven't mentioned the coronavirus on here in like seventy weeks, and somehow Tuz is going to slide it into a Great Wall of China joke. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm I'll take it. Okay, waiting for Tuesday to say something regarding hang out with Wang out. Yeah, because this the it was Zhang and Wang were the two, right? Okay, well it's just it, it's funny though. You can always tell, um, like even if you're not super familiar with Southeast Asia, you can tell by somebody's name where they're from, right? Because it seems like everybody from China has a name that you could just substitute in if you were describing a penis. Right? Because it's always Wang or Dong or something like that, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, moving on here. Like, you... well, no, no, no. But I mean, like, you can you can push the buttons on a vending machine with your with your Wang, but you can't have a bald eagle perch on your Yamaguchi, right? <laughs> University is a place to explore new ideas that are leftist. New York Post article. I wanted to point that out first, okay? Harvard University is officially 2023's worst school for free speech. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression released its annual college free speech rankings on Wednesday, which dubbed the state of free speech at the Ivy League school as abysmal. I'm not totally surprised Sean Stevens, director of the polling and analytics at Fire Toll to the Post. We've done these rankings for years now, and Harvard's consistently near the bottom. Despite being the most acclaimed academic institution in the country, Harvard received a 0.00 point free speech ranking on a 100-point scale, a full 11 points behind the next worst school. Fire says that a dismal score was generous considering Harvard's actual score was a negative 10.69 according to the calculators. Fire's survey of 55,000 current students from 254 universities also yielded some other staggering results. 56% of students worry about getting canceled for some something they say, and 27% said it's acceptable to use violence to stop campus speech in some circumstances. The number one school, on a side note, for free speech was Michigan Tech University in Houghton, Michigan. The school earned a 78.01 out of 100 possible points. So Dan Mack, my college roommate, if you're listening, because that's where he got his engineering the degree The gangly guy. That's right. It... Uh, it turns out you went to Free Speech Haven. Anyways. Now I can call him the gangly guy because he's all about free speech, right? Yeah. And he's and he's kind of a gangly guy. Tall goalie. Anyways, 
Who knew? A tall goalie. A tall goalie. Interesting. Yes. A tall gangly goalie. Tall gangly goalie. That's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, usually you just want to have somebody who's. You don't really think gangly when you think goalie, right? Like, yeah, they'll they'll have the reach, and it's harder to get the angles on them, but they're not typically as fast as people who are just built a little bit more stocky. No, not necessarily stocky, but just just more compact, right? Like you don't think about the um, ectomorphs, is it? The the gangly ones, ectomorphs. Yeah, you got endomorphs, ectomorphs, and mesomorphs. So you've got like the the basketball player body type, the accountant body type, and then just the people who walk by a gym and they're absolutely yeah, jacked. You know, you, Those ectomorphs are, are long, lean, long and lean. With little yeah. body fat and little muscle, they have a hard time gaining weight. Fashion models and basketball players fit this category. I had no idea. Yeah. Two's just then, taught me something today, folks. Yeah, and then I always just remember mesomorphs because they'll mess you up because they're the ones that just look like a like a Ken doll without ever even trying. So maybe we should approach Michigan Tech about having a Tuesday mashup there because they actually might let us come and do our thing. I don't know if I'm even allowed in the States yet. I mean, I guess I probably am because you went down and came back. But I think we're allowed. I think we could get there. I'm, I'm just saying I don't think Harvard's having this anytime soon. And I, I Oh, shit. I was going to wear my Harvard T-shirt today and I, I wonder, forgot. I wonder if they do a poll on Canadian universities. They're they all should. the same, man. Like, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between a lot of them other than... You know, you, it'd be interesting, though, wouldn't it? Probably. It'd be interesting to see who's the bastion of free speech in Canadian universities. Okay. Um, Royal Roads is definitely not. Queens is a bunch of douchebags. U of C is probably turning the corner on this stuff and getting worse every year. They're not. They're not very good to begin with. U of R and U of M are probably the two last half decent ones, if they you are, think so? and then. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Um, I don't It'd know. It'd be interesting. I, yeah. If somebody knows of a study on free speech and Canadian universities and colleges, I'd really like. I'd like to. I'd. I'd gladly read that on here because I'd be. I just guess I'd be curious. Anyways, that's. Yep. Okay. Finally, last one here. You never know what you'll find when you renovate. While doing renovations on his property, a Portuguese man stumbled upon a fossilized, fossilized, seropod. Cer- that might be the largest, and I did I butcher that? Oh yeah, sorry. Just just keep going, keep going, keep like going, bu- keep going. Anyways, I'm gonna jump in. <laughs> the largest dinosaur skeleton ever found in Europe. Uh, what, what do you want to What do you want to get okay. on me here? All right, just the fact that they had to specify that it was fossilized in this article. Oh, right. And then I love the <laughs> the the headline: Portuguese man accidentally finds eighty-two foot long dinosaur in his backyard, as opposed to finding it on purpose. Like uh, like 80... he was looking for an eighty-one foot dinosaur, but he found this one instead. <laughs> Can you, eighty-two foot long dinosaur? That would have been a pretty cool find, eh? Like I mean, yes, very much so. I would love to find something like that. And how big is his yard? Obviously, kind of big. I, I don't know if it, you know, is, is it going over into somebody else's yard a little bit? The fa- Like, where does he live now? Because if this is the biggest dinosaur ever found in Europe, I feel like they've probably just completely shut his entire house down and he's just dealing with 
this shit all the time and they probably had to knock out a few walls and whatever else and <laughs> yeah like so does i don't know i'm guessing london's gonna steal it because they steal all the other historical artifacts right so are they just putting them up at a hotel until they get this fucker dug out and then where are you gonna find all the backfill for it who knows who knows Tuz? only uh, let's get two over to europe so he can report on it i had so many logistical questions can you, regarding can you this. imagine twos that shows up uh just twos here live from the Tuesday mashup reporting on this 80 or 82 foot long uh, dinosaur, this fossilized uh, impressive thing to, for it to be. Anyways, we're just wondering if we could find out where this is being shipped and what it is, what it is. And, and, and twos is just right in there. I think it'd be if fantastic. If it's in Portugal, why did they measure it? You know, feet? when, when we get gun government funding and we, they give us like a billion dollars to cover things. These are the, the things we will do. We will send twos on these, these these missions that I know all the listeners want. They want to see twos interact with a Portuguese farmer and an 82-foot-long fossilized dinosaur. It, it never C said Cerapod. he was a farmer. Oh, yeah, right. It didn't. I, I added that no, in I'm, my I'm brain. picturing this guy just living in a town in Portugal and then this taking up, like, five people's yards, Right. That's but yeah, I, I think I think this would be great if if we got a billion government dollars and then I went over to Portugal and I just started interviewing this guy. I was like, so how do you feel about this? And he's just a bee 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 because apparently he's Italian now. Right. And uh, <laughs> and then we just go back and forth uh, with the complete <laughs> language barrier. And then we well, just, back to you, know. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I got to get on a plane. That'll do it for Mashup 72, folks. Um, uh, we do have September 20th here in Lloydminster. For the Kids' Sake is, is uh, doing the 1 million March for Kids. September 20th everywhere in Canada. If everywhere I'm in mistaken. Canada. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's happening everywhere in Canada. But if you're around the Lloydminster area, we are doing that. This is a community spot, twos. So it is happening all across Canada. So if you're not in Lloyd, fair enough. If you are in Lloyd, 10 a.m. at uh, City Hall. And uh, the march starts at 11 a.m. So if you want to come join, uh, certainly would love to have everybody out. It's a peaceful march, nothing too crazy. Um, bring your kids, don't bring your kids, whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, it's a family event, so you're welcome to bring kids and everything else. We got uh, Tanner Naday is going to be speaking a little bit, nice. and and some others. So it should be you should get uh, Tanner Applegate up there too. Tanner Applegate, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Tanner Applegate believes in protesting. Believe it or not, I could be wrong. I, don't, on that. I might I be don't speaking. Think he does either, but man, every time that guy talks, it's awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, well, it's it's. Oh, here you go, Trisha. Trisha. Well, I'm glad to know the ruse. Ruse. As we sit here at the end of this, who won the bet? Anyways, search Facebook one million march for children for locations across Canada. That's a good point. I'm just pointing out that here in Lloydminster, we are doing it. 10 a.m. Uh, you can show up. 11 a.m. is the march. Would love to have everybody here and enjoy it. We got some live music at the end. Should be uh, interesting. Oh, to say. nice. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, shout out to anyone else. Well, first off, shout out to Slim for hooking us up with the VIP yes, table. That was again, super Slim. cool. And if there's anyone else wanting their event talked about, me and Twos uh, would love to... Uh, uh, <laughs> If oh, that isn't the most Canadian, if that isn't the most Canadian, that's that's it. bullshit. Now, now me and Twos are going to blows. It says we've declared a draw. You both get something. Anyways, now Twos is coming Thank over. You guys. Yes, <laughs> now Twos is coming over to the house for uh, steaks. Is probably what's happening. Either way, it doesn't matter. Thank you to uh, to uh, 
uh, everybody for tuning in. Uh, if you want to get your event tossed in at the end, make sure you let us know because we'd love to talk about what you have yep. going on in your community, etc. If it's something that really pulls us there, who knows, maybe me and twos can even show up. And finally, Mashup 72 brought to you by the lovely family of RU Quarter Circle Farms. That's all we got. We'll catch up to you next week, folks. Thanks very much.